Welcome to This Is The Way, a Star Wars Legion podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This Is The Way, a Star Wars Legion podcast. I'm Brent. I'm Jason. And tonight, we have some great things to talk about. Uh, first up on the podcast, we're going to have our rule of the week. And around this, I think with all the hotness with the party bus and um, the other transports that are out there for Empire and Republic, we should probably talk about embarking and disembarking. I would agree. So with that, I'll go ahead and read off the, uh, the rule for that. And then we'll we'll probably take it in chunks and discuss it a little further just so that we're kind of all clear on embarking and disembarking. So embarking and disembarking are types of moves that allow a unit to enter or exit a vehicle with the transport X or light transport X keyword. The, to embark into a transport with the transport X open keyword, a unit uses one action to perform a speed one move that puts its unit leader into base contact with a friendly vehicle that can transport that type of unit. To embark into a transport with the transport X closed keyword, a unit spends its entire action activation to perform a speed one move that puts its unit leader into base contact with a friendly vehicle with that, that can transport that type of unit. So let's talk about that. I think it's pretty clear really, right? You would think it's clear, but people get it confused all the time, at least around here. Uh, what are you seeing out there? You've played more games recently with vehicles. What was what's the biggest mistakes people so are the, making? I think the biggest thing to, to focus on is if it is open, the unit uses one action to perform a speed one move that puts its unit into base contact. And then on transport closed it says it spends its entire activation to perform a speed one move. And when he says base contact, base contact with the transport that it's getting out of. Correct. So you put the mini down next to the base of the transport that you're getting out of, then you take a getting speed. Getting into. Or getting into. Are you just talking about embark? Right yeah, now? we're talking embark okay. right now. Embark. Yep, you put it right. You have to be kind of next to it, and then you spend one move. It's kind of like climbing a ladder. Yeah, but... But the key thing, though, I think for players to remember is that an open transport, if you're not within a speed one move of the open transport, you can use one of your activations, let's say you're speed two, you can use one of your activations to move within a speed one move of the transport. And then your second action can be move speed one and then get into the transport. Mm -hmm. Okay. To embark into a transport with the closed keyword, a unit spends its entire activation to perform a speed one move. So if you're not already within speed one of a closed transport, you, yeah. you cannot embark on it because it spends the whole activation to do that, according to the rules, unless I'm missing something there. No, you're completely right. So that's that's one thing to keep in mind when you're embarking into a a open or a closed transport there's a difference between the two when you go to get into them mm -hmm. so just remember that um, I think people miss that part so when you're playing that it does matter whether it's an open or a closed transport to to get into the transport itself if you didn't start already inside the transport correct yes so let's say you're you know 
transports doing something else, dropping somebody off and coming back around to pick somebody else up. It does matter if it's uh, open or closed as to how far away you can be from it when you, the unit that you're trying to put in there uh, embarks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's the first thing. Uh, after you get in it, then the unit is removed from the battlefield and a pair of ID tokens are placed, one near the base of the vehicle and one next to the unit to indicate that the unit's being transported by the vehicle and its activation ends. To disembark, a unit that's being transported uses one action to place its unit leader in base contact with the vehicle and then performs a speed one move with the unit. Seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, you just put the base-to-base contact and move speed one. There's some rules against what you can do after with, with that. Correct. Speed. So you could put your you could put your unit leader at the very front of the transport, at the very back of the transport, anywhere around that base. That's a legal position. That is a legal position. Yep. So if it's blocked by other units or a building or something like that, obviously you can't put your unit leader there, but it doesn't have to be next to a door per se or anything like that that's on the transport. As long as you can legally set your miniature down, your unit leader down and cohere your unit, um, after you do your speed one move, you're fine. So I don't even know if you have to cohere the... Only after the move. Only after the move, yeah. yeah. So as long as you got enough space for that one leader mini... Yeah, because it does not say that you have to put the whole unit out. It just says place the unit leader and then do the move. So keep that in mind. Uh, things that uh, people screw up around here, uh, probably number one offender, is I cannot engage somebody on that speed one disembark. So I can't come into base contact with any other miniatures when I'm disembarking and doing my speed one move. That's right. So... No base contact. Uh, trooper rules still apply, so you kind of move through other troopers. If you can get to an area where you're not in base contact with something else, you can do that, but you cannot engage. So Vader could not get out and engage, or Luke. Those are the two big offenders, probably. Yep. Luke and Vader cannot get out and engage uh, the units that are near the transport that they're being transported in. Yep. Wookiees can't either. Oh, poor Wookiees. Yeah. So it, it, it is in there. It's, it's, it's a bullet point that a unit that is disembarking cannot be placed into base contact with any enemy units. So keep that in mind. Um, a unit leader can also not be placed into base contact with an enemy unit when beginning a disembark move. So yeah. if there are troopers surrounding the transport and if you placed your unit leader into an engaging position that is illegal and you cannot disembark. Yep. So it gives you a little bit of extra coverage if they're trying to disembark and get to an objective. So just play that in mind when maybe you're just running up to a, the base of a, another unit. I, if you take your little circular trooper units and spread them out around the base, I mean, they could be half a circle away from the edge of that base, not allowing for that other unit to disembark from that side giving you some leeway to do some stuff right exactly so (laughs) it's it's a it's a tactic to be aware of so just keep that in mind when you're when you're disembarking high level tactic high level it would take a lot of planning 
But it's something to think about when you're doing that. They can't do that, so it gives you some extra wiggle room if it's coming down to that last objective point, uh, which most games do. Okay, so a couple things I noticed when I was reading over this rule, too. Uh, I'll just read these off real quick, and it has to do with embarking. So when a unit embarks, any tokens that a unit has are moved off the battlefield with the unit. The unit still has those tokens. When a unit disembarks, any tokens that were moved off the battlefield with the unit are placed back on the battlefield next to the unit. The unit still has those tokens. And I'm going to point out right now, though, if you go to end a turn, the tokens that were on the unit being transported still go away, even if they're over on their card. So you don't get to keep those tokens in between rounds if they're green tokens. Unless it's vigilance. Hmm. Yeah, you got to be range one to vigilance them in there. Of the, the base of the transport. That's right. Because that's where you're measuring, too. If there's a unit in inside the transport... Yep. You measure that range to the transport base, not to the mini that would be inside the transport. And also, when a unit disembarks, if the vehicle that is transporting that unit has performed more than one standard move or reverse during the current round, disembarking uses that entire unit's activation, and it cannot perform additional actions or any free actions. Mm-hmm. So that includes a compulsory move because a compulsory move is a standard move. Mm -hmm. So be careful. You take your compulsory move, then move again. You still have that other action. That's two moves. You cannot disembark and and have actions with the unit. Uh, magical trash can's not gonna score that secret mission this turn. It doesn't seem like. Nope. Poor not with that. Poor little guy. You cannot hold. Objective tokens, when embark, you cannot embark or disembark holding objective tokens. So just so that you know, you cannot put a bomb on a unit and then place that unit inside a transport. The bomb can only be placed on units that aren't being transported. It could go on the transport itself. It could go on the transport itself, but it cannot go on the unit inside. So that's not an extra way to get it over there. So... I can just see new players easily thinking, oh, I'm going to put my Speed 1 Vader in there. I'm going to add bombing run. I'm going to put a bomb on the transport, bomb on the Vader. Well, if you're transporting something, they can't have objective tokens on them inside the vehicle. They can't get in or out of the vehicle with an objective token on them. So just so that you know, uh, that objective token would be just not able to do that. So I... I I really looked this rule up. There's a lot of different references in the rules guide. I'm not going to bore you with where that's at. I, I really wanted to cheat using that. So, Sorry, can't. Can't. I tried. Uh, a couple other things that we should talk about. Any abilities that trigger after a unit performs a move, trigger after a unit embarks or disembarks if able. Okay. So Vader's Relentless. For instance, would not go off because do they have an open transport one? Well, it says all. All it says is 
Any abilities that trigger after a unit performs a move trigger after a unit embarks or disembarks if able. Well, I'm get I'm my question is does Empire have a open transport? Cuz it would only work if it was embarking onto a open transport. But he could also trigger it off a disembark. He could. Yes. So, that's the key cuz right with the LAAT he could disembark, do his speed one move and then throw his if he had saber throw on him he could throw his lightsaber he could do that and if it was an open transport you could get into the transport use the transport space and throw the lightsaber from the base of the transport yep if you had saber throw yep so uh, a luke skywalker hopping into a x-34 could easily do that if he had a saber throw on him he could get onto the open transport and then measure the the range two from the base of the transport. Mm. All right. Uh, units that have a maximum speed of zero cannot embark or disembark. Makes sense. You can't move to get into it or out of it, so you, you, you can't use it. Sorry. Uh, units that have stationary keyword can't embark or disembark, uh, but placing them in there at the beginning, so... You can still use that open transport uh, with your e-webs. Very powerful little thing. Makes the e-web worth it. Okay, something we need to check here real quick. Is saber throw triggered off of a standard move? Is embark and disembark? I think it's just a speed one move. Because embarking and disembarking. You're asking if relentless is triggered. Right, sorry, yes. Uh, embarking, embarking and disembarking are not considered standard moves, so we do need to check that real quick. Don't want to misspeak here and you know misguide anyone. Well, while you're looking that up, I will cover something else. If you're able to figure out a way to put a standby on a unit that is in a transport, or if it had a standby and got into a transport um, somehow, I don't know how you would get it, but if you figure out a way to do it, it can use standbys to disembark. Just an FYI. That's that's correct. Okay, so Relentless says, after you perform a move action, you may perform a free action attack. Yep. Attack action, sorry. So disembark is a move action. It's not a standard move, but it's still a move action. So you would be able to trigger Relentless. And steady. And steady. And charge. Well, no, you can't do charge. Can't do charge. Charge charge is weak in this scenario. That's that's right, because a little alluding to er, to a little bit later in our conversation, that matters for Wookiees when they disengage. Or dis, not disengage, okay. disembark, sorry. Mm. Yeah, and then, so, yeah. So, with that being said, I like the steady keyword a lot more. I think it becomes more powerful. And I think Cad Bane, being a mercenary, should be able to be hired with the credits that the Republic has so that the Republic can use Cad Bane in the LL, the LAAT. So I have a viable option to put in the LAAT and use it as a transport in the Republic because I am looking at it right now and besides Padme or the Magical Trash Can, neither one of which I really want to run that often unless I'm running a Saber Tank and I'm not running a Saber Tank and one of these things. Uh, I just... Mm, give me 
give me Cad Bane so that I can play around with my L A A T. Yeah. Does uh, what's that one guy? Bubba have Steady? No. Oh, poor guy. It's not as good as Cad Bane, apparently. Oh, I love Cad Bane. Yeah. Also, a unit that's being transported. You already talked about the standby token to disembarked, right? Yeah. Uh, if a game effect allows or forces a unit to perform a speed X move, it cannot use that move to embark or disembark. Oh, Leia's card. Sorry, guys. Correct. Would have been a nice way to give the Wookiees a face-up order token and have them do their speed one move, but they can't. And then get out of there and then charge. Nope. So they've made it so you really can't play around cheating with embark and disembark. But I feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't know those rules really well, and it's going to make gameplay seem very one-sided if you don't understand these rules. It's going to feel like the game's broken if you don't understand these rules. But if you follow these rules, I think it's very balanced, and I think they did a really good job of writing them. I would like this section put next to the open and close transport in the rule book instead of the... I agree with that. you got to kind of look around for it. Yeah. Uh, I do think that players who picked up the new the new transports for either Rebel Republic or Empire should really take a look at embark and disembark and read those a couple times before you, you put your stuff on the table and have that rules reference kind of handy on your phone or, or tablet or if you have a printout of it or whatever. It's just going to be a good way for both players to make sure that... Because the last thing you want to do is give somebody a distinct advantage one way or another because you don't understand the rule fully. If people feel that the game's broken on a certain mechanic and something's broken, they might not come back to the game. So it's always good to know if you're using that to make it as balanced and fair as possible because we don't want to chase people away from the game we love and like to play. Agreed. Uh, I think that ends our topic number one. You ready to move on to topic number two, sir? You bet. So let's talk about some of the new cool stuff that came out. Uh, We talked about the party bus previously. Let's talk about the LAAT. Um, I think you you got more to talk about on this than I do. You you got a chance to play against an LAAT with Empire. I did. Uh, I purchased one because I play Republic. It is sitting in the box unassembled. I am trying to open a new store. Uh, that thing probably is going to sit unassembled till August. Uh. So let's let's go over the the card quickly. Um, so it's 120 points. It has eight health. It rolls white defense dice. It does surge. It does surge on defense. So it's like opposite of the air speeder. No, the air speeder rolls white dice, and it surges on offense, right? And defense. Oh, it surges on both. Yep. Cheaters. It's good. Uh, so it does have the armor keyword, so it does cancel all hit results. It has Arsenal 2, so while you attack, you can use two of its weapons. It has Cover 1. Uh, it only has one weapon, so you would have to attach the weapon. Right, but it does have the Arsenal 2 keyword. Yep. It has Hover Air 2, so you can reverse, strafe, and standby while moving, ignoring terrain height 2 or less. 
It's immune to blast, melee, range one weapons. It is a transport one closed, meaning that you can transport one friendly trooper unit. It has twin laser cannons, range one to three, fixed front. It rolls one red and three black. And that's the base card at 120 points. And the base is fairly big. I think it's, is it about the same size as the ATST? Yes, it is. So it's big. It moves fast. It, it does. It's it's not a repulsor. I mean, it, it, it okay. is a repulsor vehicle, but it doesn't have the... It's not treated like a repulsor vehicle right. when it's in doing stuff with troopers. So you can actually displace them on non-compulsory moves. It doesn't have a compulsory move. Yeah, it doesn't have one. I mean, there is a way, I think, to give the Empire side one. But there... It can displace troopers. It doesn't follow all the same rules as a normal repulsor because of the hover keyword. So right. knowing the difference between hover, uh, which and just regular repulsor is probably good to know. Um, looking up, I mean, if you're going to use this, you should be looking at hover and repulsor vehicle rules. There's a lot of rules that uh, apply to it. We're not going to. We've already done our rule section, so we're not going to get into those tonight. But you should probably look at both of those and uh, just be knowledgeable about those and what kind of terrain it cannot go through or what kind of terrain it can go through. I've done a lot of research because I played the Saber tank on it. It's it's very interesting. Right. And I played the other tank with droids during the week. So. so you have a pilot slot available. You have um, – uh, you can equip – different types of like armor piercing shells and everything if you wanted to and let's talk about some of the pilots that are there so do you have those up i have i have the republic pilots up do you have the empire pilots? i have the empire pilots why don't you up? cover the empire then all right baron rudor you gain marksman so while attacking you can spend an aim token to improve Attack die results. After you recover, gain one aim token. He's 12 points. Uh, it's it's a pretty neat upgrade, I think. I'm trying to remember if Jeremy used any of the pilot. Oh, he used, I think he used the TIE pilot because it increased the speed to three. Oh. So it was it was across the board pretty fast. Oh, that thing's so, so fast to speed three. Let's talk about that. So Imperial TIE pilot. Uh, it's re Empire Repulsor Vehicle only, and increase your maximum speed by one. So it's only eight points. It's a great way to – he used uh, the vehicle to transport Vader across the map to kill me. Uh, so it's a great, great way to increase speed on that thing. You do not have a compulsory move, so he had – there was, I think, turn one he used – Two three speed two speed three moves, and he got that thing across fairly quickly. And then the other one, the other pilot for Empire is Governor Price, and it's a Imperial only heavy vehicle only. You gain Field Commander, and then as a free action, you can choose a friendly trooper unit you are transporting, or at range one to two, it gains one aim and one suppression token. It's ten points. So they, they give the Empire a way to have a field commander. So, is that field commander limited to the 
L-A-A-T? It is not. It's a heavy vehicle only, so you could put it in the ATST if you wanted to. Correct. Or the tank. That's why it has you gain the suppression. So a lot of people have been talking about that. The other commanders for field commander of the Republic and the other field commander of the um, Rebels, they do not have that uh, gain. So I'll go over my identical pilot to that. Clone Commander Fox, he's a unique pilot, only in the LAAT slash LE patrol transport. You gain field commander, choose a friendly unit. It's a free action. Um, that you're transporting are at range one to two. It gains one surge token and may remove one suppression token. Yeah, don't say it. Uh, Non-unique characters, I mean, it's a little bit different, but it also this field commander can't go in my saber tank. So I had Ayla in my saber tank. I have this over here. Uh, I would love to put clone commander Fox in the saber tank instead. But anyway, we're going to move on. Clone Shock Trooper Pilot. Non-unique, so you could use two of these and two LAATs if you want. After a unit you are transporting, transporting disembarks against one search token, and you either get an aim or a dodge, your choice. So very good if you're possibly transporting a Jedi or the only scenario I see is a Jedi. Uh, Hounding Grizzler. This is kind of a unique pilot to me because you put a pilot in there that has a pet monster. Uh, it's only in the LAAT. It has, for a tappable action, well, it's not tappable, but once it's not a free action, it actually takes one of the actions. You gain observed four, choose an enemy unit at range one to three in line of sight. It gains four observation tokens. So just making that clone ball aim sharing thing i don't it's not that great i don't think for clones because we're already sharing enough aims but giving it four mini aims is kind of cool too well you play you play them defensively so it actually it might help me it a might lot. help you so like a defensive player that i am it might help a lot uh you could for 130 points you can basically have a field commander transport out there instead um do you do you see it like how viable is it for I don't know the viability I haven't put a lot of thought into it I haven't had time to really list build and everything else like that with the new store I I I'm thinking of some spitball lists off the top of my head that could be a lot of fun uh whether they're good or not I I haven't got any games in so I don't know we'll have to see uh, there's a lot smarter people out there. Let's see if they're playing it and see how that goes first. So for all you smart people who've who've played, um, why don't you yeah let us know let us know how it how it's worked out for you. So I think that kind of wraps up the LAAT pilots. Um, that's the pilot that's section. Pilot. So let's go to the ordinance. So there's three options available. At least I don't know. I'm assuming they're the same for Republic, but the pilots are better. So I'm assuming the ordinance is probably better too for Republic. No, it's no. the same. Okay. Same ordinance that goes, same missiles that are out there for all the other. You got the bunker buster shells, the armor piercing shells, and the high energy shells. They're all tappable. Everybody knows what they do. It's it's great. However, I think the bunker buster shells, because uh, of the speed of this thing, are a lot more viable than some of the other tanks that are out there that don't run these. A lot of people only run high energy shells right now. Yeah. Um, because high velocity yeah the high velocity and everything else but these bunker busters 
uh, with the scatter, uh, just to they ignore it helps them to ignore the cover because it has blast because it has blast, and then it gives that scatter, which it has the ability to get over there fast, scatter that group out. Then the rest of your units might be shooting at that, not behind heavy cover anymore. It might it'll have probably light cover because of the suppression you just shot it with, but you've you just pulled the unit out of where it was at. Uh, not the leader, but everything else within cohesion and scatter is very powerful. Yeah. When I play Dooku, it's, it's my favorite thing to do is to scatter things in front of the leader. So now I've got range on everything, and people hate that. And then it also does have a comm slot, so you can, depending on your play style and w what your loadout is, you know, you can throw in HQ uplink. You can put a, a long range comm link on it, or comms jammer, or link targeting array, there. onboard comms channel. Yeah, this is the new comm link thing, vehicle only. During the issue order step of the command phase, after you've issued an order, you may issue it in order to a unit you are transporting. So it's going to give you that ability to make sure the unit that you're transporting has that order to disembark when he needs to. they need to disembark or disembark or do whatever they need to do from being transported. Right. So that's kind of a, a breakout of the LAAT. -A -A I don't know why that's so hard to say. Um, I think it's going to be viable. I think it's going to be way better for the Empire. It, it's good for the Empire. I think the Empire needs love, so I think it's good. It definitely is a mechanism to deliver Vader and Palp. I think it has a place when Yoda comes out. I, oh, I, yeah. I don't see a place it's, right now for it. Man, that seems awful spendy, though. Yeah. By the time you figure Yoda in one of these things, that's like half your points right that there. That is going to be exactly. Hold on. We can find that out right now. That's only 320 points, and assuming you're naked on both. So that's with no upgrades. That's no upgrades. 320 points just yeah, to so you're, you're like 400 <laughs> points. There's half your army. Two units. I will tell you. Uh, this will dovetail into our next uh, conversation, I guess. I did, I did play Jeremy in a in a battle report that featured both the the new Rebel transport as well as why don't we just the L L A the L A A T. Why do you have such a? Hard I don't time? know. I want to say two L's. I'm used to anyway, A five. Yeah. So our next topic: Brent's battle report on the party bus slash L A A T. So he got to play a game. Brent picked his up. Uh, Friday somehow gets it all assembled and painted and brought back to table on Monday. Fantastic. Good job, Brent. And it died turn one. And it died turn one. Spoiler alert. Come on. Do the battle <laughs> report. Uh, but anyway, he uh, he was able to assemble and paint this thing up. It looks it looks pretty good. I don't think it's d detailed out yet. He it's not. No. You need to put the spinners on. It's not finished. It's yeah. it's. I'd say it's probably seventy five percent done. I don't know where he got a little small piece of shade carpeting, but he threw it down on the inside. It's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, Jeremy ran a Vader list that had the um, the new Empire transport, the LAT, and uh, I ran a Wookiee's list. It oh, was a, imagine it, that. Well, no, but see, it's not my typical. It was it was interesting because I ran a rebel officer as my commander. I played operative Luke, which I don't usually play force users. No, he doesn't. 
Uh, it, I had the magical trash can. Yep. Some rebel troopers and fleet troopers, and then the speeder truck and two Wookiee units. Uh, in magical trash can had C-3PO attached. Correct. Yes. So basically, I thought about putting Luke inside of the transport, but I really wanted to see how the Wookiees would do. So I started out the game with one unit of Wookiees inside the the transport. And my thought process here was, we'll run the transport, use it as cover, and to block fire, shield my army, and deliver the Wookiees. Seems like a great idea. Uh, you know what, what could go wrong? Solid plan. Solid plan. It's got a ton of health. I had the. I even had the gonk droid on it, so had two shields. Oh. I had reckless driver on it, so. I had to do a compulsory, compulsory move. And, and he had R2 sitting right next to it to repair it. Yeah. And on my two rebel troopers, I had R5 droids. So I'm like, no problem. Yeah. What is that? One, two, plus four. That's six health you're going to repair, plus your two shields. You, you, you've basically given this thing eight extra health on top of it. What, what health does it have? It has eight health. So you've given this thing 16 health. How, how's it working? Well, it's way faster than what my Rebel Troopers can move. Oh. And it's definitely way faster than the Magical Trash Can at speed one. Oh, is it? So on turn one, uh, Jeremy ran three units of shores with three mortar teams, Vader, uh, as he calls it, Vader Surfboard, which is the, the transport. And turn one. Oh, and he glued it like Vader to the top of this thing. He, <laughs> turn one, he did two speed three moves with the transport and basically. The only thing between me and Vader was a building, and he was at my entire army on speed turn one. Uh, I decided I wanted to see how the new pilot worked out, um, being able to damage troops and stuff. So I started moving the speeder truck. Did my basically I did I, three moves with this. Can thing. I back you up just one second here? Yeah. So. There was some confusion on setup, so they had to reset up. Brent, being the gentleman, keeps putting his stuff back exactly where it was. Jeremy, seeing where he made mistakes the first time, was like, I will take advantage of this and replaces the speeder bus. Then Brent, on turn one or turn zero, plays standing orders. Yep. Jeremy plays penned down. So... I'm just going to read off pen down for you guys that haven't remembered. After a firmly supporter heavy unit performs an attack against a unit with a face-up order token, shuffle that token back into the order pool. So guess where Brent put his first token? His big old bus of party. And first thing, first move, Jeremy just moves miraculously fast, pops a shot, just triggering the attack, triggering the token to go back into the bag. Now Brent's at the mercy of his bag, <laughs> and his whole entire army's kind of hidden behind this bus, and is going to get run over. Yeah, I needed the bus to go first, and it, <laughs> it didn't. It did not work the no. way it was planned. So Jeremy totally diffused the whole situation. It was it was a masterful play. Yeah, it was great. So so, so go, I, go I did forward. finally pull the token for the bus, and I was like, well, my turn's already messed up. As I'm going to try and get the Wookiees engaged as quickly as possible into his – Gun line because that gun line is nasty. 
it's still it's shore troopers and shore troopers are still a nasty gun line so uh i did i was able to get the bus all the way over onto his board side before i think i pulled the bus like second or third token um which unfortunately for me none of his shore troopers had gone yet so i was able to get the bus over there I got the bus in close enough to where the mortar teams couldn't shoot it. I mean, they had their pistols or blasters or whatever, but they didn't do anything. However, the three units of shore troopers, he rolled like 15 crits with those three units. And remember, I said that my rebel troopers and the magical trash can do not move as fast as three speed one moves with the party bus. So they were not there to help. And turn one the party bus gets shot off the board. And the Wookiees take a wound, but the Wookiees are delivered. So I had that going for me. So long story short, um, that one unit of Wookiees tied up three units of shore troopers. They, they did die, but they tied them up for like two turns, which is what I wanted because we had key positions as our objective. And I was able to deliver R2 with secret mission. So uh, at the end of the game, I ended up winning, I think, two to one on scenario. It was a really close game. Yeah, it came down to the end. And I'm just going to say that I've, I've been to his house. He's recently purchased an Easy Bake Oven, and I don't know if that has anything to do <laughs> with, I felt the, like with, it. The, with those dice rolls. But. Because I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, he rolled 15 crits, and then – he says so that, it's for his brownies, but I don't know. So then when he was rolling his defense dice on his transport, which are white dice, I'm a, I was playing Rebels. I know what white, white dice rolls. And, yes, the transport surges on defense. Like, he rolled surge after surge or shield. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little absurd because the only way I was able to kill it was to do saber throws with Luke Skywalker. Okay, you know what? And... I'll tell you who did work. Who did work were the fleet troopers. They were rolling eight white dice, and they I think they put two or three wounds on it. Ooh. So they did a good job. So, you know, I think it was a good game. I watched a little bit of it. I was busy on my computer and phone calls and doing some other stuff, and I kind of moved on. Uh, but, yeah, I think they had fun. It was a great game. Uh, we had another – player come back recently they were playing a casual 250 point <laughs> skirmish or something and his son was helping him it was that was a good game going on and we had a couple other games that i did not notice at all but yeah so I, my initial impressions of both transports i think they're both good i you have to <laughs> be aware of how you're playing things uh, I didn't. Pl I don't think I played the speeder truck right. It was interesting to see um, how fast both of those can get across the board, because we were both essentially across the board turn one. So, so I noticed that you both got across the board turn one, but then it came down to a question of what are we going to do now that we're across the board? And I don't think either one of you had like a solid thought-out play. Maybe you did. I, I, my whole objective was to block fire from my main army. Mm -hmm. 
because of how I got kind of hosed with the pin down. Um, so I just wanted to shield my army from getting shot off the table by all those shore troopers and the the mortar teams. So I, I realized I was kind of sacrificing the um, the transport. So, yeah, I mean, it did its job. I, I think you guys learned some lessons. I think they're not the – I think they're high skill level. They're definitely – you definitely or at need least to, medium skill level. You you have to be very conscious of how you want to play them. And I only played with one. Like I have a list where I have two of them in a list. I I just I think I need to maybe rethink that because I'm not I'm not sure how. That I think would you do. need to get reps in. Yeah. yeah this is this is a high rep things. So my thoughts on watching this game play with the the new new stuff is. Do not take this to a tournament if you're not have lots and lots of reps and you're ready to play different scenarios out. This is not the time to test something like this out. This is this is uh, meant for learning right now. I mean, that's true with any unit, though, don't you think? Like, you shouldn't just... You give me a new Jedi, I could probably take a new Jedi and be fine. I don't, I don't necessarily think I need as many reps. But you've played Jedis a lot. I, I have maybe one list that doesn't have a Jedi in it. So. Right, so like me... Taking a force user to a tournament is a bad idea because I think I've played force user like three times, four times. Well, you taking anything that's over a hundred points with the amount of aggression that you throw throw down on the table is just scary because you're just gonna lose something. Exactly. You're. <laughs> I did good with Luke. I kept him alive. He oh. only had three wounds on him. Oh, that turn that I watched. So he killed Vader. There was a lot of missed read your cards. So Vader didn't get his dodge. Vader would have lived. Vader could have probably deflected a whole bunch of damage back down to Luke. Well, no, he couldn't have because it was, it was melee. melee. But he could have he could have dodged and survived just with the dodge token, let alone getting all the surges that he rolled. So I don't think Luke would have taken out Vader, and then Vader would have got to hit back, but. Uh, also, remember that defensive and offensive stance. Yeah, if yeah, you, that burned me once. If you take an aim and spend yeah. an aim, that means you're in offensive stance. And you even cannot, though that you got three three, do, three right. dodges somehow, I don't know, you know how you got three dodges. I carried them. I carried one over from vigilance and force reflex the other. Yep. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know how you got the third. One. I don't know how I had three. But I did have three. Didn't I think it was off his command card. Oh, okay. So his command card gave him a dodge. That, And then Brent's like, well, you can't attack me. I was like, well, you can't even spin those dodges, so it doesn't really matter. And I was like, oh, yeah, offensive stance. That's And thing. then Brent felt like I was picking on him again, but I was I was biting my tongue when Jeremy didn't take his dodge on his command card like he was supposed to, even though I was like, read your card. Don't it's all about your... reps. It's about reps. I was like, read your card. I, I don't know how many times. Like, it's a casual game, and I'm just – I've said read your card like six times, and then he's like, why do you keep saying that? I was like, read your card. <laughs> when I read your card, I see that when you play this card, give Vader a dodge token. <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh. I would have lived. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're human. We all miss things. Yeah, so. so, But, no, it was a good good game, good battle report. I think we should move on to our, our next thing. So I want to talk about uh, casual play. Uh, it's kind of a broad topic, but I'm going to kind of narrow it down. Uh, I see a lot of people always trying to bring their A-list. A They're very competitive, trying to put the reps in. Uh, I think there's a lull between tournaments right now, uh, at least ones in our area. 
bring some casual lists out, guys. Let's have some fun. Play some stuff that you're not used to. Let's get some new things out there. Maybe you should get some other ideas. And let's reinvigorate the communities that you're in. So I'm really – some of these casual games, like your list with Party Bus was probably a casual list. But did you have fun? Yeah, I did because it was stuff I don't normally play. Like yeah. I don't normally play Force users. Yeah, you normally don't play Force users. I mean, just get out there and have some fun because we saw some new players. They're playing some stuff. They don't know where to go to look at Invader League lists and other things yet. Net deck lists. Yeah, net deck lists is what I would call them. But uh, they ha- they were having a lot of fun. I mean, playing like Jen or so or something that's not as competitive and just having fun with it. Maybe run that list with Commander Fox as the field commander and then another L-A-A-T. Oh, my God, you got me doing it now. L-A-A-T with another one of the, the pilots and have two of them out there and not even take a commander playing the Republic. Like, it even hurts me to say that. I just I can't do it. Okay, so when you play me with your clones next, you're not going to play your typical clone ball. You're going to play something completely janky. I I will play something janky, but it will always have a ball to it. Okay, so he's not taking his own advice. No, I I'll, I'll even bring I'll bring that and three ATRTs. We'll see what happens. Two of those there you and go. three ATRTs. I've never seen you play an ATRT. Yeah. <laughs> I know you saw me play them at the beginning. I thought I could fire support and do some good things with them. And then just you couldn't. Tears of disappointment <laughs> tears of disappointment i agree though i think it's fun you know it's it's easy to get trapped into playing your same list every time. playing similar lists mm-hmm. right so like maybe oh i keep all my troopers the same and i keep my air speeders the same but i'm going to change out a leader just to see how that does so i agree i think it it brings freshness to the game uh when you do play units that Maybe aren't viewed as competitive, but are still a lot of fun to play. And try to build something new that maybe people haven't seen before. Because you never know. There are combinations out there that are really good. And depending on scenario and gameplay, you could you could be surprised at what you put on the table. Yeah. I don't know. I think the casual play, I, I think all you guys out there listening – Take some time, maybe do a casual night once a month, right? Where everybody brings some kind of weird thing that they normally don't do. Like, maybe for me, if I'm playing clones, I don't have four trooper units all with a Z6 on it, right? Maybe I bring a little rocket launcher. Maybe I bring that range four weapon that shoots range four. Maybe I try something else like the RP1 or whatever, the Pierce 1 weapon out. Something different, right? Not just the normal, hey, I've got four clone trooper units with the Z6. I'm going to fire support into you with this bag of dice, like the whole bag, not not just a partial bag. Right, 32 dice. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be scary. Then I'm going to aim. Then I'm going to use another aim. Then I'm going to use another aim. Then I'm going to use three more aims. And then all of a sudden the 32 dice become 32 hits, and that 36 health Wookiee team is dead. Right. Exactly. So, I don't know. It's effective. Some of the lists out there are very effective, but it's sometimes fun. Maybe you play droids and play the poison guns. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, just just try new stuff. Don't don't Yeah, but 
and it'll help you get new players into it. Because honestly, you always want more new players. Never stop trying to get new players playing your game. People are going to come and go. People are going to get super busy and not be able to play games for like, I don't know, going on a month now. And <laughs> it's life, right? It, it, it is life. And having those new player base always growing is is helpful. I mean, the only downside is product's hard to get. It's going to be harder to get with new players. But you know what? Have fun with it. Luckily for us, our our game store, your store, does a, a good job of supplying the players with all the plastic crack that they can get. Um, the only only thing is is you have problems getting things that aren't available. So if they're not available from the manufacturer, it's hard for you to get them. So Yeah, I'll run out. I usually run out later than everybody else. Like, I don't know. We still have the new specialist packs for clones, androids here. I order super, super deep. I've got a really good relationship with my reps at Asmodee. And I, I get a lot of product, but it doesn't last forever. I don't sell online, so it's harder to see. I mean, you could call here and I'd probably ship it to you, but probably not right now, though, with <laughs> opening a new store. But uh, you could stop out and see us. Uh, but it's just we've got stuff, and I keep it pretty deep. So Yeah. Well, we just want to encourage you to change up your game, keep it fresh, don't get stagnant, don't get stuck in a rut of playing the same thing over and over again. Obviously, when you're prepping for a tournament like Gen uh, or – Adepticon or Gen Con or a major tournament or something Las like Vegas that. Open, you you want to get those. Open. You want to get those reps in with your list that you're going to play, and that's totally understandable. But in your lull times, experiment, play around, have fun, keep the game fresh, enjoy it. There's so many different lists that you can build with any faction, and you know, play the game to have fun. That's that's why we all do it. So, with that, this is Brent. This is Jason. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next time.